Hey everyone, this is Dylan. I just wanted to take some time before the episode today to explain why this episode is coming out now, meaning Wednesday, June 3rd. Uh, the podcast is a conversation with Build San Antonio Green Executive Director Anita Ledbetter on green building standards and how the pandemic has affected environmental awareness and responsibility. Uh, it is an important conversation, but one that was recorded in a different national context. It was recorded before George Floyd's murder. Uh, we are still an energy media platform, and Anita's insights are very important. So turmoil and all, we're presenting this, but uh, the conversation did not feel appropriate earlier in the week when we were showing solidarity with the media blackout, trying to amplify the voices of black artists, organizers, uh, businesses, and just bring some exposure to those that the so-called marketplace of ideas implicitly leaves in obscurity every single day. Uh, I wanted during that time to be able to point you to an energy podcast created and hosted by black content creators, but in an industry lacking in diversity, I shamefully could not do that. Uh, I don't believe there is a prominent energy podcast created and hosted by black content creators. But if you know one or any content from black energy professionals that you've come across uh, that, that you find engaging, post it in the comments or email it to me directly at dylan.lockwood at zprime.com, Dylan spelled D-Y-L-A-N. Uh, we will also be providing links in the description of this episode and on zprime.com for national and local organizations working to help protesters and to correct the massive racial injustices embedded in every aspect of American society, but particularly in law enforcement. I, I know that company statements of solidarity can seem forced and opportunistic, but I know from talking with my coworkers that all of us, from the bottom all the way up to Jason, our CEO, uh, we're all angry and we're scared and we're willing to put in the work for a better world uh, because we want justice for George Floyd and because Black Lives Matter. Uh, thank you and enjoy this episode with Anita Ledbetter. This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hey everybody, this is Z Prime on the Grid. I'm Dylan Lockwood. Joining me as always is my co-host Aaron Hardick. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dylan. How are you? I'm doing well, Aaron. Uh just trying to trying to transition into summer, get get a garden going, all that good stuff. Um what do you have growing in your garden? Um just peppers and tomatoes so far, and the tomatoes I don't have high hopes for because I don't have a good Why place that? that gets a lot of sun. I don't have a place that gets a, a good amount of a good amount of sun, uh, for like the whole day. So I'm I'm worried. I'm I'm much more enthusiastic about the peppers, which don't need quite as much sun. But we'll see. I want tomatoes. I want to be able to make my own salsa. Well, I will uh, say I come from a family of. Uh, home-growing tomato uh, connoisseurs, so I wish you the best for your home-grown tomatoes, because I grew up on home-grown tomatoes, and my mom does make her own salsa from the tomatoes that her and my dad grow in their garden. They actually, every year, have a competition to see who can grow the best and most tomatoes, so I really hope that works out for you. <laughs> I, me too. I hope I can 
I hope I can uh, grow tomatoes as as good as your as good as your folks. Um, I, I guess my 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 interest in gardening also comes from my family because my grandmother. Uh, I, I used to spend my summers at her house, and she has a she had a big big backyard garden that had tomatoes, but also had zucchini and uh, summer squash and stuff like that. Uh, speaking of creating green things, uh, we're joined today by Anita Ledbetter, Executive Director at Build, at Build San Antonio Green. Anita, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Don and Aaron. And, um, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well considering. So uh, f for those not uh, in our wheelhouse, those not super into our wheelhouse of friends or the San Antonio building scene, what uh, what is Build San Antonio Green? Yeah, so uh, Build San Antonio Green, we are a nonprofit partnership of uh, the city of San Antonio, CPS Energy, and Bear County. Uh, we were founded in 2001 really um, as a strategy to reduce emissions here in the San Antonio greater area, uh, and we do three things. Uh, community engagement, uh, solar, and green building. Uh, our program, our green building program, is an above-code voluntary program, and we do both new construction and retrofits. Um, we do a lot of single-family, um, a lot of multifamily, and commercial buildings. Today, we've certified over about 22 million square feet, which is cl close to about 10,000 projects here in our community. Um, it represents about 16 megawatts of peak demand reduction, reducing emissions by 270 million pounds of CO2, which is like taking over 22,000 cars off the road every year. Nice. Uh, that's a that's a great benchmark. Um, so, but uh, before we before we dive into uh, into the specifics about building San Antonio Green, um, I just wanted to check in with check in with uh, you guys and, and and your city since the, the first thing we did after city of the future and the virus started coming about was we had a did a kind of a on the ground view of san antonio from with joyce dooley uh with geekdom our our friend uh so just just curious how uh things have progressed since then well you know i'll tell you it it's 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 really strange how quickly everything can change. I mean, when uh, last time we saw each other was at the city of the future and which was a, an amazing event here in San Antonio. And at that time we were talking about the future of buildings, you know, for me, that was a climate ready building and still is to, to a great degree. But um, since then, everything has changed. You know, the pandemic has really is reshaping our community. It's reshaping the way that we live, and it's definitely reshaping the way that I'm thinking about the future of buildings. I think that um, being here in San Antonio, we're I hear very lucky compared to other large cities in Texas because of the coordination that our city and county have done, our municipal entities, um, CPS Energy, San Antonio Water System. I mean, everybody has really ga uh, gathered together. The San Antonio Food Bank has made, you know, national uh, and or international news for the amount of uh, food that we've distributed here in, in, to the people of San Antonio. So, you know, all that being said, I think that we, we're learning so much right now um, about how we're going to move forward. And we're, we're, 
we're experiencing that, you know, it, it's funny at the, at the city of the future, I believe Paula Gold Williams opened it up and said, a lot of these things are, are like building the plane while you're flying it. And I think that that is um, exactly what's happening right now. Um, and again, I'm, I'm probably more proud than I am than I've ever been today to be uh, here in San Antonio, because I'm just very proud of the way that our community has responded to this pandemic. It really is a good Paulaism for everything in there. Um, <laughs> so uh, that—that's—I mean that—that is—that is all very interesting. But in in the middle there, you talked about um, a building that you believe to be climate ready. Can you can you kind of clarify what climate ready means uh, in the context of what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, I'm going to kind of start in the beginning. You know, we. You know, this was all born out of the, the green building program, right? So, you know, we've been doing above code, you know, energy, water, site, health and materials. We have a cert the certification program that we're, you know, um, certifying these projects based on um, testing and on-site um, observations. Well, you know, when I was chair of the climate plan, we started rethinking about, you know, we really need to go beyond energy efficiency to energy resilience. You know, we need to shift from just water conservation inside of the home and in the yard to water security. We have to be thoughtful in how we're gonna continue to prevent erosion that is gonna continue to increase from flooding and, uh, you know, increase the way that we protect our air uh, and water inside the home from basically outside pollution. I mean, at the end of the day, we we realized that we've been thinking about buildings uh, from the inside out. And now we, the Climate Ready building really thinks about designing to our vulnerabilities that will be coming to us because of extreme weather events. I mean, in its essence, a Climate Ready building is a Build San Antonio Green building designed to reduce our risk and vulnerabilities and increasing the durability, comfort, and resilience of the building really in the face of climate change. Um, you know, in this in this program, we've included uh, a preparedness plan so that our city, our citizens can be ready when there's a climate emergency. You know, having a preparedness checklist and a kit, um, understanding, you know, how you can get ready, how to uh, store water, what are some of the uh, CDCs, you know, make water safe and drink water safe guidelines just in case that we have uh, a major um, extreme weather event that's going to basically take out the power, take out the water. We don't think th those things are going to happen, but we know that it's just going to get hotter and drier here in San Antonio. And so the climate ready building really is like designing to our future weather, um, the weather that we see changing right now. I mean, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, energy, we also are thinking about how we're going to um, continue to increase uh, the R value of our roofs and our walls and uh, not, not only to just reduce like thermal bridging and, and all of that that we did in the past or for energy efficiency sake, but really because the increased heat will compromise the outside of the building. I mean, you know, we, we've all heard the stories about uh, roofs melting off and, you know, I think a couple of years ago it got so hot in Arizona that tires were melting you know, um, uh, on the pavement or on the asphalt. So we have to start thinking about how we're going to get ready for extreme heat and extreme drought and how the people of San Antonio are going to um, get prepared for that. 
so how do you, so uh, how did you get from that to all of this uh, all of this resilience uh, ah. stuff you you just talked about? Where does where does that resilience come into into the into this uh, green vision? Yeah. Okay. So so I, I think I think the logic is it kind of goes like this. If you think about what is a green building, a green building is beyond a code home right? It's beyond what's required by code. So when I look at a green building, and then obviously in the context of the San Antonio climate plan and the recognition that climate change is happening here, and, you know, we feel it, we see it here in San Antonio, Texas, you know, it's not a big leap to think, what is next? Well, obviously, if it keeps getting hotter and drier, we need to prepare our buildings and think about them in a different way, right? Basically to protect them from these extreme weather events. We need to do things like bury our communications line deeper. So so the idea of a climate ready home really came to me just out of a practical solution towards our climate changing. I mean, and we developed it by looking at other, you know, we, we know what our, our projected climate is supposed to to be like how it's how it's evolving. Um, so we looked at other places in the United States that have those have those um, weather patterns now, and we start pulling from their building codes. You know, again, this this is in our it's in its infancy. You know, we we're going to learn as as we go. But I think it's a good jumping off point. And and really, the prepared home came from this pandemic experience. I mean, the heart of it uh, also came from. You know, like I said, the Climate Ready Home was born out of the Green Building Program. Well, the Prepared Home was born out of the Climate Ready Home in terms of more of a focus on uh, preparedness and more of a focus on, you know, how um, to design a home or a building to keep families safe, not only just during the extreme weather event, but for a disease outbreak such as this pandemic. You know, um, the intent here is to help homeowners and building occupants maintain energy and water security as well as in healthy indoor air quality and really to, you know, think about what is the future of buildings. And I think that when we started experiencing this pandemic, it was a real radical shift uh, in my thinking Then it made me focus uh, very practically on how are we going to move forward? How are we going to, you know, feel safe, go back to work? How are we going to, and, and a big part of that is by um, making buildings uh, more secure and so that people can feel more secure. So, Anita, how does a company like yours become a full-on institution whose sticker of approval is actively sought by builders versus just simply being a climate advocacy group? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it didn't happen overnight. You know, um, we have been um, at this for many, many years. So, I mean, really, I I would say we really started getting the Green Building Program going back in about 2007. And at that, you know, the the reasons why builders and developers are doing this um, have really changed since that time. Right. Um, I think as the community and as home buyers and homeowners and building owners have recognized the practical need for energy and water savings and that these buildings just cost less to operate, they cost less to live in. That helps drive the market. Uh, we also have had a 
a great legacy here in San Antonio of some of the best rebates in uh, in the nation for water conservation, for energy efficiency, um, the the um, save um, for tomorrow energy plan, the step funding, which was a semi-permanent funding mechanism um, from CPS Energy, um, really helped to spur uh, the growth of the Green Building Program by uh, combining a lot of the uh, rebate offerings into a platform. I would say that, you know, we, you know, you bring up something, uh, you know, a good, a good uh, question, and that is how did we become what we are instead of just being a climate advocate? Well, listen, our work is our advocacy. We were always that, but we just, it, you know, express it in a different way. I think that um, what has been personally um, fulfilling for myself, and I and I think for for our team at Build San Antonio Green is really, um, you know, taking action. You know, creating something practical that was doable that's going to help move things forward right here and right now. And again, I think one one of the most powerful things that you can do instead of talking about something is showing it to be true. And I think that that's something we're very proud of at Build San Antonio Green, that we've had this opportunity to work together with our community and with the builders and developers um, to, you know, to achieve this here in San Antonio. Now that took a partnership, you know, so we're, you know, again, very proud of um, working together um, being practical, um, driving this thing over time. And, uh, and I think that the results uh, are powerful. And then, you know, the, the more that the results grow and the more builders that participate, um, it kind of helps to spread itself. You know, today, even in the middle of this, uh, um, you know, historically challenging time that we're in, um, I mean, this year, just so far, has we've certified over you know 800 homes just this year, and um, we're we're on track. I mean, we we certified 1,600 over 1,600 projects all of last year. You just touched on um, kind of my next question, so maybe you could expand a bit more on that. You know, you were just talking about the success you've had in the past few months of this year. My question, my next question was, do you think the cultural and social realities of the pandemic are reaffirming the importance of your goals in the eyes of decision makers, or are they causing delays like they are for many other projects? Yeah, I mean, I'll say, you know, we kind of live in in a bubble of construction. Okay, so I'm just going to start out with that. Construction is is still rolling right now. Um, now, who's to say what's going to happen with construction six months from now, a year from now? A lot of those things will be market driven, just like um, you know, based on demand. So, but I will say this: I will say that I think in the fa- face of this pandemic, um, I think a lot of things are. I think almost everything is on the table. I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, for me, I, I think it really highlights the need to go beyond green building and to go beyond climate ready to really go to this prepared building model. And I also think that here in San Antonio, um, I think the importance of going back to the basics has been highlighted. You know, I think one of the things that's very interesting is 
um, just kind of rethinking how we live. You know, something that that I think people um, are experiencing right now is higher energy and water bills, right? And you think about, well, why is that? And that's because we're not spreading out our energy and water usage anymore under when we're at a, a shelter in place or staying working from home situation. You know, I, I used to get up in the morning and, um, you know, have my breakfast, have my coffee, but then I would go to the office and have the light on there and have the air conditioning on there and make my lunch there and maybe go out for coffee and, you know, do, you know, I basically was spreading out my energy and water usage to all of the different buildings that I, that I went to. But now that a person here in San Antonio is staying home all the time and you guys, I I know you're going to feel the same thing. Um, You can be super energy efficient, super water conserving, but your bills are going to go up because you're no longer spreading out that usage everywhere. So I think um, what we ask ourselves is what community is most affected by that, right? And that is going to be our most vulnerable uh, uh, parts of our population. That is who's going to to, um, really be impacted uh, alongside, uh, you know, I read the other day that the, uh, the cost of just food has gone up uh, the highest uh, percentage in, in, in like 50 years. You know, when you think about who is this going to impact? So, so I would think a lot of the work that we're doing at Build San Antonio Green in terms of, and I don't mean new construction necessarily, I'm talking about retrofits, you know, just energy and water retrofits in and of itself, giving people, co- combining all of the wonderful prepared preparedness uh, information that our, um, 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 the city and the county and others have put together here in San Antonio and providing that in a package to the people of San Antonio. I think that is becoming more important now than ever because people are going to feel it and they're feeling it already. One thing that probably comes up, and so I, I know in in uh in the outline for this call i talked i wanted to talk about kind of how this ties in to an economic reality but maybe that's not really the right way to phrase it for 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 someone like you for someone like you but i i have to imagine that that comes up when you're doing like consulting work for builders and whatever so uh i guess i, I think the the more interesting way from your perspective on how to on how to frame this would be something like what uh when, when someone comes up to you and says, look, this is, uh, I, you know, I want to be, I want to be responsible, but I don't want it to, to cost too much. How do you help them with that frame of thinking? Well, I think I, you know, I can talk to you about what we've done in the past and then I can talk to you about the ideas for the future. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think in the past, I mean, you know, people, um, come to us because it's very practical, it's like, you know, listen, if, if I'm going to, if I'm a home buyer and I, there are two neighborhoods across the street from each other, same grocery store, same amenities, same school. But, um, you know, one of those neighborhoods has a, has a sign that says move here and your energy and water bills are going to be half the cost of the neighborhood across the street. Those homes sell faster. So, so um, a lot of people really come to us because, you know, because they want to do it. And because um, because there's consumer demand there for it, uh, I think I think in the past it's been our ability to um, put together a platform uh, and to really assist the builder and developer in um, obtaining those goals and helping to concierge the rebate dollars that come with it. Uh, I think it was a very uh, it's very practical. It's a very practical model. I think in the future. 
the motivations will be, you know, a little different. I mean, I, I start thinking about this because, you know, when we look at our, um, the idea for a prepared building, right? Well, number one, we don't really know yet because no one outside of like a medical facility or labs have really tried to have this type of approach. So we're going to learn many lessons as we move forward. And because this breaks beyond just that kind of traditional facility type that was using um, strategies to reduce airborne virus transmission, for example, right? We're going to change from that into into moving that into buildings and at homes, probably at large. And look, I mean, we, we do know the impacts of not making our buildings safe. You know, we, we need more supplies. We have more risk. We have more fear. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are born out of necessity. Right. Um, and I, and I think that that's going to be, um, we're going to see that reflected in how buildings are going to be, are going to be evolved. I mean, the reality here is that we're not going to have a vaccine for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, it looks like um, we are not going to be able to have some type of uh, massive, you know, lockdown or, or so on. People are going to go back to work and, you know, how can we get them back safely? You know, and that's going to that's going to help drive the shape of buildings. It will be the demand for it. And so I think we're going to see that unfold. Here's another kind of practical example. You think about something like um, all this uh, um, uh, antiviral wipes, Clorox wipes and antiviral wipes and wiping everything down. I mean, you know, there's two paths here. Path number one is that we can continue to ramp up the supply of those products and and we should and we will, you know, but we're either going to continue to wipe everything down with uh, all these chemicals and, you know, forever, or we're going to try to solve this thing with technology, right, with superior HEPA filtration or look into like UV lighting, you know, technology um, that is quicker. Uh, and then, and, you know, so I, I, I think right now is... Um, Things are going to start evolving pretty fast because we will, you know, um, need is going to create practical solutions. And the ones that are scalable are going to be the ones that are the the biggest impact, the biggest result. So um, I think we're seeing that we're going to we're just in the beginning of it now. When you're looking even farther down the line, uh, what what kind, what barriers do you think need to be overcome uh, for the dream of most buildings uh, in your community or perhaps beyond meeting meeting uh, green standards, resilience standards. Uh, what what needs to happen for for that future to become reality? That's a big question. I think I think I think a, a lot of different things. Um, you know, if you would have asked me this question uh, four months ago, I would have had a radically different answer probably than I'm going to have right now. You know, in the past, I would say, well, you know, we've here in San Antonio, we've seen it start happening. You know, we're um, a, a large percentage uh, of the new homes that are getting built in San Antonio are already built San Antonio green homes. I mean, you know, energy efficiency and water conservation has been saturated throughout our community. I mean, we are really, as you know, leading the nation on, on many fronts here in San Antonio in terms of um, you know, our climate plan coming into play. I mean, we, we really were doing some, some things, right? And I thought we were, and, and we are definitely on that path. Today, 
months later, you know, in the face of this pandemic, you know, um, I think that things are going to shift really quickly. And that's all, again, going to be based on necessity. And it's going to be on um, based on like practical applications. So, so again, who really knows? Because I think right now everything is on the table. And everything is going to happen really fast before, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, change is, is slower, right? It takes steps and it takes time. And, you know, um, today I think um, people are going to be looking for, again, practical solutions. And that's going to drive all kinds of innovation like it always has. But what's, I mean, uh, what's kind of standing in the way right now that's sort of present preventing acceleration. I mean, other oh, than, you fear? know, the, the one big thing. Yeah. I would say fear because no one's at the office and no one's in the buildings and we're all still at home right now. And so the pandemic is over, you know, the, the immediate being under lockdown uh, and everyone working remotely prevents us from going into the field and prevents us from, you know, having those meetings. I think that, as we, as months go by and as um, we get adjusted to a new normal and as that new normal continues to evolve, I think that people, and I'm sure right now, listen, here in San Antonio, there's a, a number of large buildings that were under construction, large buildings, large facilities that are designed for many, 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 many people to be in a common uh, a workspace, right? If, that, if I were that guy, I'd be sitting around thinking about how, what am I going to do with my big building now? You know, how are people going to come back in here and work? And that right there, again, will, uh, is not so much of a, I think some of the obstacles that we had in the past, they will be leapfrogged out of necessity because your other option is just no one's going back to that building. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I think, I think what, what is also more challenging for me and I, and I, and I don't have any answers here. I think um, one of the obstacles here is, just it's happening so fast you know this pandemic everything has happened so fast and so here's a good example you know right before this we've been for years that understood and been pushing the need for public transportation right uh today um i think things uh i think people think about public transportation uh, very differently right and why is that because of fear so what will be an obstacle to, to public transportation it will be fear in um and in 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 people's um you know fear to get on public transportation or people wearing masks i mean is it safe am i am i going to get covid you know i i all, all all of these things are new variables that we necessarily didn't have before even though we were facing some big things i mean like climate change you know people weren't out here in the streets or sitting on their video call right near actively not the whopping majority of people worried right here right now about climate change like as they should have been, right? As we, as some of us were, but I'll tell you right now, everyone is at home right now worried about this pandemic. So, um, so I think that part of it, it you know, I think I think we will. This pandemic will be an obstacle to some of our goals that we've been working on for a long time. Like I, my concern about, uh, you know, public transportation. Um, however, it may accelerate the adoption of other strategies um, like getting back into buildings, right? How can we combine, you know, antiviral controls or reducing the risk for airborne viruses with extreme energy efficiency and, and, and exterior heat resistant materials as it continues to get hotter? 
you know, I think that there's way more opportunity than there are uh, obstacles in the built environment. Yeah, uh, yeah, that 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 goes back to what you've been what you've been refraining that there that there's a lot of opportunity here for uh, new for for new ideas to to kind of uh, fill fill in the cracks on along that road. Now that a lot more cracks have popped up yeah, this year. But- but at the same time, you know, great ideas, they mean nothing without their practical application. Mm-hmm. And practical application is what is going to drive everything. Yes. Getting it actually getting it actually out there and doing the work. Well, um, you know, it, it's funny because I always, I always uh, you have to forgive me, I always go back to the same, go back to the basics. It's like Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations. It really just comes down to these basic principles about getting something from the farm to the market in the most efficient and cost-effective way. And this is what is going to, uh, you know, sometimes it's not always the superior technology that wins, which is also kind of a, a fallout of having a short timeline. It will be the the thing that's most immediately practical. And yeah, exactly. You got to make you got to you got to keep the plane in the air before you. Yeah. Before you turn on the AC. Yep. That was a bad metaphor, but <laughs> it, was, it was back to was, the call. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I was I was trying to do a callback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, well, Anita, I want to thank you very much for taking taking time to come and talk to us about uh, building standards and resiliency and climate and scary pandemics. You know, thank you so much, Dylan. You know, thank you so much for, for having me on the show. And and thank you to Z Prime. Aaron, thank you. I really appreciate this podcast because I think that you guys are really helping to highlight a lot of the things that are happening um, and also the things that are coming down the line. So it's always great to have a conversation with you and uh, look forward to uh, talking with you again in the future. Yeah, th- thank you very much. And we, we'll see you. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Uh, Aaron, thanks for thanks for being on. Thanks, John. You can find our research in media at zprime.com. You can find us on social media at DY Lockwood, at Aaron Hardick, at zprime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.